Sibs, the podcast that challenges three sibs to take a look at our movies and criticize the choices made as kids. I'm your host and the youngest sibling, Gray Baker. I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. I'm Allegra and I have to say this, but I'm the catch of the season. <laughs> I was wondering where, which quote you were going to go with. <laughs> What was the other one you thought? I thought it could be like, and nobody puts me in a corner, maybe a little obvious. Um, a fun, more like maybe inside baseball one could be, and I carried a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No, no, no. Let's just, I just want to get into it. All right. Okay, I, I just want to talk about this movie. <laughs> so what we do here each week is one of us has to present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score it based on five specific categories. Each week's score will be added up and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control, while the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment chosen by the winner. This week is our second movie in the Latch Key to My Heart romantic movie theme. Um, last week we did Never Been Kissed that Holland chose and defended. <laughs> And this week is another one to Fallen's choices, but Allegra is defending 1987's big hit, Dirty Dancing. Um, I'm so stoked. I will give a brief summary for the seven of you that have never seen this movie, <laughs> um, which included me before this morning when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 1963, Frances Baby Houseman, a sweet daddy's girl, goes with her family to a resort in upstate New York's Catskill Mountains. Baby has grown up in a privileged surrounding and all except her go on to college. She joins the... Pe Wait, sorry. Hold on. Baby has grown up in privileged surroundings and all expect her to go to college. Um, join the Peace Corps and save the world before marrying a doctor, just like her father. Unexpectedly, Baby becomes infatuated with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle, a man whose background is vastly different from her own. Baby lies to her father to get money to pay for an illegal abortion for Johnny's <laughs> dance partner. She then fills in as Johnny's dance partner, and it is as he is teaching her the dance routine that they fall in love. It all comes apart when Johnny's friend falls seriously ill after her abortion and Baby gets her father who saves the girl's life. <laughs> he then learns what Baby has been up to, who with and worse that he funded the illegal abortion. He bans his daughter from any further association with, quote, those people. In the first deliberately willful action of her life, Baby later sneaks out to see Johnny, ostensibly to apologize for her father's rudeness and ends up consummating her relationship with Johnny. A jealous fellow vacationer sees Baby sneaking out of Johnny's bungalow next morning and in an act of retribution tells management that he is responsible for a theft the evening before, knowing he would not furnish his real whereabouts. A man... 
This was written by Amanda oh. W. Amended God. by Linda C. That's where it ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gives like the first three quarters of the movie and then stops. <laughs> Well, yeah, they don't want to give the movie away. They just tell oh, yeah. everything like up until that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had never seen this movie before. Uh, obviously, I know about it through the lexicon. Um, it's a huge pop culture, you know, reference constantly. Um, and we didn't see it in theaters. Just to uh, no. <laughs> give that negative. an idea. came out in 87, so none of us saw it in theaters. I do um, have. Did parents, we get any thoughts? I do. I have Beautiful. info from both parents. Um, I have audio from mom, um, but not from dad. But I was talking to mom, or no, I was talking to dad on the phone the other day, and I asked him about Dirty Dancing, and he was like, "Oh my god, I don't think he's ever seen it, or at least not in full." But he told me that it came out when he was in college and during the summer when he was working at Hilton Head. And oh, I think Jesus. he like worked in a bar <laughs> or something. You and mean when he was he was on summer vacation from his time at Cornell, Cornell School exactly. of Hotel Management? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he was not as skeevy as Creepy Neil. Uh, at least I don't think he was. I would guess not. But he said that the place that he worked in Hilton Head they didn't have last call, so they were just open until whenever, I guess. Jesus. But the place where he worked played the soundtrack to this movie incessantly, and it made him hate the movie so much that he never saw it. <laughs> so I think that is that's dad's... That's stupid, dad. That's dad's recollection of the movie. Uh, he, The soundtrack put him off because he heard it too many times. I can't say I blame him. <laughs> Like when Frozen Specifically he said the Do You Love Me song. He was like, I'm so fuck I'm still sick of this soundtrack. Oh, that song reminds me of Tiny Tunes. But no, very briefly, when Frozen came out, I saw it like opening weekend and I was like, Oh, that was fine. And then my best friend became obsessed with it and played the soundtrack every day multiple times for like three months. So I get it. And then I have three Yeah, I I guess I was too quick to judge dad. But uh, I have not seen Frozen because the soundtrack bothered me so much. <laughs> so we get it, I guess. I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I have three quick audio clips from Mom. So I'll, I'll put them in for real later, but I'll play them for you right now. Pretty sure that we rented Dirty Dancing from Blockbuster. I was probably thinking, because it took place in the 60s, that the dancing couldn't be too dirty for you or gray and patrick swayze were way too old i never believed she was supposed to be a high school girl she's like six years older than me in real life I want to shoot myself if i ever had to hear that she's like the wind song ever again that's all they played on the radio for six months it's horrible <laughs> i still think it's a horrible song so that's mom's commentary. <laughs> I so mom also lot. had less than a positive review. Yeah. I guess, I mean, um, I think like maybe our parents, unfortunately, it was like oversaturated for them in the culture. So they still have like a bad taste in their mouth about the movie. But 
I love this movie. <laughs> no surprise there. Yeah, me. Well, I was skeptical. I mean, I was excited to see the movie because I had never seen it, but mm-hmm. I did. I didn't have high hopes for it. And I will tell you that. And I'll start with my pre-watch notes. Okay. Um, I honestly don't think I've seen this movie. I know it's Schwazy and Ferris Bueller's sister. I know <laughs> they can't put baby in a corner. And I know the one dance move where Schwazy lifts her up when she runs at him. I know that movie from... Or I know that move mainly from Crazy Stupid Love. But, like, all the, everyone else references it, too. Um, I know she's, like, a teenager and her dad didn't want her to be hanging out with him and I feel like there might have been a reason that like he maybe was in the right because Shwayze was way older I think I don't really I didn't I didn't know any of the plot of this movie yeah so I thought I was like oh yeah he didn't want him to he didn't want her like I thought she was underage and he was clearly overage um and so I was like yeah I think the dad has a right but that's not how the movie ended up turning out yeah Um, My notes are very short. I remember everything. I probably watch this once a year, so I'm not even going to get into it. I literally remember, like, beat for beat this entire movie. (laughs) All right, Allegra, Um, let's hear your short story. I wrote it down. I didn't use audio. So um, I feel like the first time I ever remember seeing any part of this movie was at Meadowood 1. So we were young. I think it was really just the ending. Uh, But I remember you and I going like, oh, my God, like... (laughs) Pretending to do lifts in the pool became, mm, like, a constant mm. thing. Like, I remember at the apartments when we were in that pool, we would do, like, George Washington oh, hair, but yeah. also um, The song is iconic. The uh, Most of the soundtrack is good. I will agree with Mom. I did not like the She's Like the Wind song. <laughs> oh, sw- oh, Swayze. <laughs> I honestly think last year when you and I watched it together was the first time I had seen it 100% all the way through. Oh, wow. I swear I saw it in high school, but there were scenes last year where I was like, this is new information. <laughs> um, or maybe you just hadn't seen it since you were a child, so it was like cheese holy memory. Uh, yeah, I feel like I definitely saw it in high school, but like maybe I wasn't fully paying attention. I remember it being very sexy. Swayze looks great. Um, he is that like '80s beef steak. Yes. Hunk, sort of like the. But also the dad like in dancer Trap. body. Yes. At the same time. It's like if the dad from Parent Trap had a dancer body. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it's the same sort of flavor of like '80s sure. '90s hunk. Sure. He has good hair in yes. this movie too. I will say. Even though it is a little mullet, I'm glad it's not like full greaser. It's like a relaxed greaser. I feel like all of the hair in this movie is like 80s hair, just kind of trying to be 60s, but not trying very hard. Yes, that's kind of the whole movie. Okay. Yes. Jennifer Gray's hair was never once trying to be no, 50, or 60s. I was, that was one of my notes that despite all of the costume design, her hair is still like so adamantly 80s. Yeah. But yeah, so okay, I just let's just get straight into the pre-show score because I I would I want to talk about this movie as much as possible. Um, um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let you go first because my scores are like so biased and I'm so mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so n- nostalgia factor is a five, um, a and it's just because I haven't seen it. That five is clear is is a hundred percent just from pop culture. I think just that's me fair. knowing it, knowing that yeah. most of the songs. 
Yeah. I think that's generous even. So thank you. Yeah, mine's a 10. Yeah, thank you, Holly. <laughs> thank you, Holly. <laughs> All right, sit through. Sit, sit through ability, 10. Yes! Same! Yes! This is a great movie. No, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I loved it. I'm so like, glad. I, I was really up. wondering. I had to wake up at 6.45 this morning because I... <laughs> just watch trashy reality TV all night instead of watching this movie. And so I had to wake up early to watch this movie before we recorded. And I, so I didn't go into it like with super, you know, high hopes or great attitude and boy, oh boy, did it pay off. Oh my God. This like tickles me. I'm I'm excited for you to tell me all your thoughts. Me too. Like I, Hall and I will just sit here and listen. (laughs) All right, romance, romance factor? factor nine. Okay, nine. I have an eight, but I can be argued up. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, does hold it up. hold up? Seven. I have an eight. Very good, very good. Yeah, That's, I mean, we can, I, well, I, we can I, talk I, about it. Like, I don't know. Let's get into it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. For me, it was like it's obviously it's clearly a dated movie it's an 80s movie that takes place in the 60s but like of all of the like very uh like you know adamantly wrong things everyone that was like a protagonist was clearly against them so it wasn't like you know there was no like dated reference that was like supposed to be shrugged off anything that was like bad was pretty objectively bad so it didn't like you know, hold the movie back in its time. Yeah. Yeah. In and terms I even, of, you know, and I think especially I, we can get into it. We, I, I'm, I'll hold my commentary. Yeah, yeah. We'll get first. into it. And then can we follow? Can this? I follow 10? I have a nine, but we can talk about it. Yeah. Like Allegra, this might be the best scoring movie we do. I don't even know. Like it's I'm upset about it. Movie. It's a very good I movie. I fucking love this <laughs> it's movie. It's so good. So much. This is definitely like one of my comfort movies. Like just a new girl. I don't watch it like when I'm like sad, but it's like I fucking love this movie so much. Okay, so <laughs> I very much want to hear all of Gray's thoughts since it is very entertaining to me. This is the first time you've ever watched it. But Holland, before yeah. we get into it, do you need to like unleash some dirty dancing love? Bef- like, are, is there things you have to talk about before we move forward? I want to give everyone space. Um, I don't know. We can get into it. I can just like interject. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll. Yeah, I'm sure I'll bring up topics that Holland can can. Yeah. You know, jump in on. But what's funny is, bef- like, the movie was like they were like driving to the resort. The movie had just started. And my first thought, because last night when Meg and I were making dinner, we put on a Spotify playlist, Boo Spotify at the moment, but still, um, it was 2003 to 2008, uh, hip hop, uh, hits. (laughs) I know exactly what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. And so I said, what if they remade Dirty Dancing in like 2007 when T-Pain and Flo Rida and Akon were at their pinnacle? It was basically just step up two, but I mean like actually redid Dirty Dancing just with those like with that being the Dirty Dancing where it's literally just like grinding, yeah, yeah, and twerking, and yeah. I don't know. I just think that was just a funny thought I had where I'm like, 
it would be so different <laughs> and I would have loved it. I think just the same. But yeah. Is that not the uh, of Havana Nights? I don't know. I've never Havana seen Havana Nights takes place like I don't think that much long after this one. That was technically a prequel. Is it a prequel? I don't remember because I <laughs> I've only seen it once and it was semi recently and I got way too high when I watched it that I like totally don't remember a large chunk of the movie because I, I was like too it was I was too bad I was too far gone but I also realized I'm like I'm not really a Diego Luna gal mm-hmm. I will say he's a little too scrawny for me you're wrong but that's Swayze okay. <laughs> perfect yeah I didn't know that Havana Ni- I didn't know Havana Nights existed until I was doing the trivia and I'm like oh what do you know <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why. I think it was just Jennifer Grey's character in Ferris Bueller, but I thought Baby was going to be much moodier in this movie. Mm. But she was definitely, like, very different, like, you know, like, daddy's girl, like, you know, wide-eyed and, you know, super optimistic and, like, naive about the world, where I Mm -hmm. definitely thought she was going to be, like, the reluctant teen on vacation with her family. Yeah. I, I just, and so that was honestly a pleasant surprise because I was like, oh yeah, it's just going to be, it's basically going to be Ferris Bueller goes on vacation, like with like at least Jennifer Grey's character. So I'm yeah, super stoked. You would think on that. it would be like reluctant teen who's also like getting into trouble and being like, I don't like, like you, you're like fuck you, dad. Yeah, I'm doing what I want. When it's very much yeah. not like that. And it was like it's like she can't yeah, it was resist the, exact opposite. the pull of like the dancing and Johnny and Shwayze's the other side. Hips. And oh my god, <laughs> who you? could who could resist that? Like, she, <laughs> yeah, no. she wants to join the Peace Corps. She wants to change the world, and she has her father's like full love and support for this. So she she thinks of herself as a radical and who fights for people who don't have a voice, but. She's also coming to terms with her own privilege in real time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she does it yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. N- I was not expecting this movie to be a scathing indictment on the class system at all. <laughs> like, I did not expect that. And I was here for it. And they um, handled also, it I just need to say pretty this. well. Yeah, especially for like an 80s movie. Like an in 87. Like, I think that was the same culture. year. Yeah, I think this was the same year. I think maybe a little before the like cra- the great the big stock market crash of '87. Mm. Um, so it was like peak, literally peak. Like, you know, coffees for closers, fucking you know, Wall Street, mm-hmm. all that. Reagan, and they're like, and greed is good. Yeah, greed is good. Okay, so this is just a, a very small detail, but I couldn't get over it, and I know you guys won't care about it, but. Robbie Gould, um, the name of the waiter who's the sleaze bag, is the exact same name of the San Francisco 49ers kicker who knocked the Packers out of the playoffs this year. So I have oh, really? no reason to hate him. <laughs> well, there you go. Just even more fuel to like hate. Robbie is the absolute worst. And you've known at least four of him in your life. Listener. Yeah. And I think, I think like the. Every time I watch this, he gets worse. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, when I was younger, for some reason, I thought, like, you didn't know he was bad until you found out about how he, like, 
knocked up Penny but wasn't supporting her. But he's just bad from the beginning. The beginning. From the yeah. very beginning. He's from horrible. the get-go. And then when he's, he's like, like, hey, some read, people some, read some Ayn Rand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, give that back. I have notes in the margin. Yeah. And she's like, you disgust me. Yes. And Baby's yeah. like, fuck you forever immediately. <laughs> yeah. The owner of the place whoring out his staff, but only some of them was right. really gross. But again, yeah. that's one of the, it's one of the, uh, you know, plot devices. One of the opinions that like, you have as the viewer the opinion like that is clearly wrong like you're not supposed to be okay with it yeah and so or maybe who knows because it was the 80s it was like how come only some and not all of them like i don't know how that was supposed to be played but well, no i'm I think gonna it was keep the rose-colored be, glasses on for sure because it's like you have to show out all the daughters but only like men in college are going to be hired as waiters because that's the only people the rich staff want hanging out with their daughters yeah. Meanwhile, it's directly like all oh, the entertainment staff. Ugh. Yeah, one of my notes is literally yeah. showing the daughters a good time is a literal rule at this establishment, except for the pores. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is literally being a waiter. It's like it's fulfilling the uh, upper class fantasy of like people serving you, and even that job you have to be in college. Yeah, like that is how gatekeeping they are about the status at this place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. So the first time, I think it was one of the it was one of the first times somebody, like not in I guess like the car, like her immediate family calls her baby was like the cousin of Johnny carrying the watermelon. Mm -hmm. And he was like, come on baby. And it like really grossed me out. And it took me like five seconds to remember that that's just like her nickname. <laughs> Cause I was like, ah, gross eighties. And then it was just like, Oh wait, no, 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 no. She goes by that. And they all, she also kind of comments on how it's like kind of weird. Like, I don't think I ever noticed this line before, like in the beginning open monologue, she says, like, it was the summer that everyone called me baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. And I was like, oh, I love that. Like, even they know that, like, maybe it's not great. That she, like, people are calling her baby. And, like, this wasn't, like, a lifelong nickname. Yeah. And it was even, like, a plot device when it went, like, she, it was almost like, you know, she grew out of baby and became Francis. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Swayze mm -hmm. even said, like, you know, a, a real woman's name, like a grown, yeah. you know, like. You're grown yeah. up. You're not like a little kid with a little nickname that's literally infantilizing you. Yeah, but okay. At the end, when enough he of that. For enough his of life, that. He calls her Francis. I love that. <laughs> Schwazy actually being the one dancing. Yeah. Is so sexy. He is so sexy in this movie. Every dance scene, yeah, they both just are oozes raw sexual energy. There are so many dancing montages in this movie, and I eat up every second of them. There's like yes. literally three oh in a row, yes. set to three different songs, and I'm like, "Give me more." <laughs> there was there was not a moment. First of all, there wasn't a moment that I wasn't aware I was watching a montage, but that wasn't a bad thing. You know, usually mm -hmm. you want it to almost like. You don't even realize it's a montage because you're so invested. I was invested, but I was like, yeah, I was, I was cheering on the montages. It was the like, montages... I just want to keep watching them dance. I just yeah. wanted to keep watching That's the them. movie. I think the yeah. biggest part of this movie, I mean, it 
tells you exactly what it is in the title. It promises you it promises you dancing and it gives you dancing. So you have to be yes. on board with that to really enjoy this movie. Enjoy. And I think they do a really good job by also like montages are supposed to like excel the plot and are supposed to like show not tell or, or yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. all of the montages do that. Even though there are a lot of them, they are very like they're executed very well. You don't feel like, yes. oh, another montage. It's more like you just are entertained by the skill of the dancing and the emotional connection. Because, like, in a dancing movie, what's the rule in theater? If you're feeling a lot of emotion, you sing. And if you're feeling too much emotion, you dance. So we, were, we are being communicated by a dance. So it doesn't really feel like we're getting a bunch of montages because communication is happening on screen. And you're seeing the connection between the two of them grow yes. from like not totally liking. I don't even, I don't even, I hesitate to say it's like an enemies to lovers. It's no. kind of like a. He's just in a very stressed out situation and hates having to depend on this person that he has a prejudice against. Yeah. They, yeah. And, and you see like. They, you see like that relationship grow. You see the trust build. You see, like you see the bond form through dance. And the camera is very nearly equal opportunity uh, sleazeball eyes. It's like 60-40. Like 60% it's creeping on Jennifer Grey's body. But 40% you got that Swayze body. Oh yeah. Also a lot of feet shots. Too much feet. But like I get it because it's dancing. You don't see bare feet very often we have to stop. i will say Trey is looking bored <laughs> no 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 no. i was not i was just like if anything i was just like reminiscing on the movie i just watched <laughs> yeah i was taking it all in like okay the the i carried a watermelon had such a good delivery both times she said it like the yeah. first time yes. it was very clearly she was like so like swooning that she didn't know what to say and then when she I was like, I carried a watermelon? Like, ah, <laughs> oh, that was great. I love it. was actually it. really funny. The introduction. And then the hip thrust dance lesson. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so hilarious. Awkward. It was so funny because she was but so like, awkward. But it was like she played it perfectly. They both played it perfectly. I think it also, it really, like, showed both of their characters very well where it's like, She's very awkward, but she's also very nervous because this hot guy is trying to teach her how to dance. And he's just in, like, teacher mode. And he's so, like, non-judgmental about how bad she is. And he's like, yeah, no, it's okay. He's, like, making her comfortable. And you're just, like, really seeing, like, the, the true essence of Johnny. He's just, like, at his core, he's a very nice person, yeah. you know? <laughs> he was he was pissed off in the first montage because he was like, I hate that I'm in this situation. Not because he's a bad teacher. Yeah. But I will say, I yeah. forgot how just funny this movie was. <laughs> I need to talk about Lisa. I need to Lisa! talk about my favorite character. <laughs> this actress is doing the best job ever. She's fucking hilarious. Every line delivery is fucking perfect at the beginning when she was complaining about how she didn't pack coral shoes it, i was like this is giving people are dying kim you know that kardashian <laughs> meme where she's like i can't believe i didn't pack coral <laughs> shoes and the dad's like oh it's a travesty it's the end of the world like it's so like you have like 20 other shoes and she's like but none of them are coral and i'm like this is giving like people are dying kim energy <laughs> and i loved it <laughs> grace say your thing um I she wrote 
she wrote the luau song that actress she did wrote the luau, like yeah <laughs> and, like that she performed that's amazing to perfection i, I must so add fucking good yeah and she plays ignorant rich girl so well like I watched a video recently that says good satire is only good if you know what the joke is. And this woman just fucking gets it. Mm -hmm. The fucking luau scene where she's off key. Anytime there's a single key, she misses it deliberately. And then she's like, and you sing in your grass skirt. One, two, three. Yes. Yeah, she was like, three, four, five. Yeah. It wasn't even the right like count. It was three, four, yes. five, and then she switched. I loved it. Yeah, she's so tragic. Yeah. Uh, like she she clearly knows that she's not her dad's favorite, and she's constantly living in. Her she's got life. a huge chip on her shoulder. Huge chip, and she like she feels like she constantly has to put baby down or prove that she's better. And then on the like she'll say something so horrible to baby and on the other side when they're like eavesdropping and she goes so after vietnam falls do you feel like china's next <laughs> like she's yeah. trying so hard to be political and failing it's oh mwah, perfection and it's and she's also yeah. so tragic because she has such like a chip on her shoulder about baby being like the favorite that when baby is like genuinely trying to give her like good sisterly advice and be like Robbie is a piece of shit please don't try to go after him please like I like trust me he's horrible you deserve so much better and Lisa's like well you're just mad because you're not dad's favorite anymore so like I'm gonna do what I fucking want and you're like oh Lisa no he listens to when I talk now which is <laughs> yeah. like, so sad yeah but also what she's he's like what are you gonna sing I'm thinking I feel pretty or I feel pretty. And then, like, chases him from the <laughs> table. He asks her a question, and she's like, I think this, or this. And then he literally just walks away, and then she's, like, chasing him. And it's like, he's not, he's, yeah, he's not an equal he's, opportunity he's dad. He's not engaged in this conversation. <laughs> no, he's not. so desperate for his um, attention. It is sad, and it is hilarious, and she is my favorite fucking character. Jennifer Grey is so gosh darn a adorable in this movie oh my god i had i just like the whole time i just had the biggest crush on watching her like her facial expressions her eye roll is on another world but i'm talking about the more genuine faces the smiles the eyes the like the happiness that exuded from her when she was dancing the lake scene was pretty cool um (laughs) Like she laughs with her whole body, and yeah. she's not trying to be like oh, cute laugh. Like she's like bah, ha, ha, every single time. Like when she's getting tickled yeah. when they're doing like the yeah. arm move, and she's just like falling yes. all over herself. And then conversely, Johnny is like fucking done with her because she's like not committing. Uh, it's like that. Like the yes. energy was perfect. <laughs> um, I I also love her, just like. It's a little performance, but it's part of the montage when she's like every time she's leaving the studio and she's on that little bridge, like practicing mm-hmm. by herself, and then like gets it wrong and like that was a little tantrum. I'm like, yeah. it's believable though. Like it's it's kind of funny, but it's not like she's not doing it for the joke. She's also very convincingly portraying the frustration because she's like, I need to do this and I want to yeah. get it right. It's like a I crash really, course really trying, lesson. But god damn it. 
Yeah, exactly. She's, and I, I just, I loved so it. Much. The little yeah. moment. Yeah. Also, okay. I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling the rest of my life the way I feel when I'm with you. How is that not the most iconic line of this movie? Or like any rom-com for that matter? Like why is fucking like, I'm just a girl standing in front of, like fuck that line, that's a stupid line. That line. Or even fuck who, nobody puts baby in a corner. Like. Okay, can we talk about yeah, how like. That was such a small puts- moment. That was such a small moment in the movie. I yeah. thought it was going to be such a bigger, like, confrontation and, like, a whole a thing. It was just like, up. nobody puts baby in a corner. Come on. And then just, like, they go on. I'm like, what? The, You're like, what? that's okay. it? No, I wrote that, this down. I was like, hey, were you it? expecting baby in a corner to be bigger or built up to in any way? Yes, absolutely. I thought it would be bigger. It's literally like a throwaway line that becomes, like, the one everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. I but thought yeah, that was kind of dumb. But, I mean, like, I wasn't mad at it. I just, yeah. I think that line needs more appreciation because that line was like, whew, the way it was delivered, the moment, the tension. Ugh, I loved it. I love this movie. Yeah, because it's like the first time they finally like lay their cards on the table. There's been so much like buildup and like anticipation yeah. between the two of them up to this point. And it's like, finally, it's like she like, she, it's like she can't hold it in anymore. She had, it like bursts out of her. Baby is a very brave person. I literally wrote that in my notes. She's clearly very nervous and timid, but she does so many brave things. Yeah. Like to be the first one to like yeah. go, like, she's like, I'm gonna like help this person I don't know, even though they're being like, like cold shouldery to me. I'm gonna lie to my father. I'm gonna keep a secret from my father. I'm going to... Uh, you know, tell my feelings to this person yeah. and not having any idea if they'll be reciprocated. Yeah, and even though she said, like, she says, she admits, like, I'm scared all the time, but the definition of bravery is being scared, but doing it anyway. She's fucking brave as hell. She's great. And I admire her for that. She, like, she just, like, goes head first and just does it and trusts her instincts, and they're not always right, but she always just, like, is she's always trying her best. <laughs> I love baby. She's not afraid to take chances. Yeah. When she confronts her dad. Oh, Jerry Orbach. In oh. <laughs> the gazebo. In the gazebo. Like, also, the place that they filmed this, absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous scenery. Just yeah. as a background of this entire movie. The scene where she confronts oh, her dad. Like, was that not Oscar worthy? Like, what were the noms for this movie? You let me down too, dad. Mic drop. Yeah, I thought. So hard not to I definitely thought that confrontation. Like, I, like, cause a lot of the times, like that's usually the moment where movies drop the ball. Granted, we did have a whole month of Adam Sandler movies, so like we're kind of <laughs> skewed on those types of situations. But once again, like I wasn't let down by the confrontation. It was very honest. It wasn't overly dramatic. It was mm-hmm. still like under underplayed, or you know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Subtle. It doesn't matter. She like it wasn't it wasn't like a big escalation and a huge, you know, like fight yeah. and blah blah blah. It was she made her point and it was actually a very good point. Like made a lot of sense, you know, like I you know, it wasn't just like nonsense, I guess, where it's like, but you always say to be nice. It actually kind of like spoke more to the character that, you know, mm-hmm. she was grown up to 
to be. And she's like, I'm still doing what you always taught, but now you're, you're the one that's, you know, changing your, your mind. Yeah. It's like they're, they, they should be treated fairly. Yeah. Like you instilled these values in me, but she's the only one owning up to hers. Yeah. 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 And it's like, because she was sort of sheltered as a daddy's girl, and like encouraged to like go to college and study economics and join the Peace Corps, she was able to grow up with the privilege of like maybe like not seeing the double standards, at least not when it comes to her and her father. So she was under the impression that her father also did not have these double standards. Right. And so she is saying like, look at yourself, look at your choices, mm -hmm. like practice what you preach, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Papa don't preach. <laughs> Um, I mean, okay, one, I, I, could, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up, but it's one of my favorite 80s tropes, 80s movie tropes, and it's the second Swayze movie alone. Just a Swayze movie where I have seen him do it, but it's my favorite because it makes no sense. But, I mean, clearly for the sake of the movie it makes sense, but in real life this would never happen. <laughs> and it is when two people are naked in bed together and then as soon as the guy gets out of bed, he immediately puts on pants. No underwear, <laughs> no shorts, no sweatpants. He is putting, he is just going commando in straight up trousers. Disgusting. Except in, in Roadhouse, it was denim, which is even weirder in my opinion. <laughs> but like just full on like gross smelly dick straight into the trousers it can it only makes me think sorry Holland. i feel like you're not gonna enjoy this conversation that he just like wiped it on the sheets first. And it's like ew she's still in there like what are you doing oh lord yeah but like i love that trope because it just makes no sense but it's just like it's so casually done as if like that is a thing that people do and it's no. I mean, unless you're super, like, unless you don't have a body like Patrick Swayze, like, if you have a body like Patrick Swayze, that is the last thing you're going to do. You are going to parade around. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like a Greek god. He's just like a statue. It's like He's so beautiful. I can't get over it. He's so hot. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in one. peace. Ugh. Love you, Patrick Swayze. Also, I did not pick up on... The fact that the jealous housewife was the one that, like, told them about, like, oh, he's the thief. Like, that didn't mm. make a connection in my brain. I was I was just convinced. Like, so many people saw them. Like, Robbie saw them. The sister, I think, either saw them or definitely knew what was going on. And then the housewife and nobody ratted her out. I was convinced. There were so many red herrings where I thought that was going to happen. And it didn't. It was her that admitted herself, which like, good on her. But like, I thought, you know, that would cause more tension. I'm not saying I wish that it happened, but I was just surprised that like the jealous housewife, the sleazy waiter, the, the fucking, you know, uh, chip on her shoulder sister all, I guess, oh, I guess not the housewife, but kept it to themselves. And it was her that was like, I was with him. I was in bed with him all night yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, didn't just say like I was with him last night. It was he was in his room all night. I know that because I was there too. Like, oh fuck, you just <laughs> you just played. You just showed the whole picture. Well, Lisa showed enough loyalty 
to be like she might be like a judgy sister but she has not ratted out baby especially because she was also trying to like go off with robbie yeah she was also planning to have sex like i feel like lisa has enough loyalty not to rat out on baby and with the sleazy waiter they had established i think actually pretty on well uh, that like um like baby is not going to tell everyone that um Robbie was the father of the baby if he just stayed out of her way. So I think she had enough blackmail on him that he wasn't going to mess with her. And at the same time, he's trying to impress her dad. So he's not going to try to create any waves because he's trying to get, like, money for college from her dad or whatever. And then the sleazy housewife, I don't know if she, like, knew who Baby was. I think she was just jealous that he was with somebody else. It didn't matter who. So she was just trying to hurt Johnny. She wasn't trying to, like, bring anybody else down with him. She knew it was going to be a catch-22 for Johnny anyway. Yeah. He was going to be fired for stealing or get fired for sleeping with a guest. Like, it didn't matter if her lie had any water because Johnny was going to be screwed either way. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, should we... And maybe she had class loyalty. Maybe. Should we talk about how well the movie holds up kind of in that area? Because I was... What I was going to say earlier was, like, for a movie that has a pretty major plot point of abortion, I thought they did a pretty good job of not shaming her for getting one. Um, Yeah. And honestly, it really towed the line well of like in the times people knew it was, you know, illegal and like there were definitely, you know, negative opinions. But I feel like they didn't they didn't take it over the top of being like, she's a whore or, you know, like it was more of like I feel like the dad was more upset that a it was done poorly like a league it was done illegally and b that she didn't tell him what the money was for not for the actual act of it being done yeah and his anger was more directed toward johnny who he thought was the father who had like let her go to this like crackpot doctor he was more mad at like the guy who was who like got her in trouble slap but also did not support her properly you're supposed to be responsible for her you're supposed to protect her and like look what you've done to her yeah which i think yeah exactly because he thought that that was what the situation was i thought that anger was like justified and it was justified but it was just directed at the wrong person yeah his only real fault was like not letting Johnny explain himself. Or yeah. maybe explain either. You know, but like, yeah, but at the same time, like, it's understandable. It's believable yeah. that that would be the case. Yeah. Even if, yeah, that's like his only fault was that. And I'm like, yeah, handled really well. Especially for the 80s when it was rife with misogyny and just shaming of any kind if you're not like a straight, white, upper middle class person. They just, they really did a good job. Okay, I knew it was coming. Obviously, I knew it was coming. It's the most iconic part of the movie. I still, I still got chills at the lift. Oh my! They I- do such an amazing job building up to that lift. Like the yes. song paired with the choreography. Choreography's so good. And they like, and he, he's like, like the dancing build up to the moment on his part, and then. Like, she's lifted down and immediately, like, glides yeah. into his arm. I, like, I uh, tear up 
I'm about to tear up right now talking <laughs> about that moment. I tear up every single time that lift happens because it's just the payoff is so good. It's so yes. good. It's so it's, it's so satisfying. Worth every goddamn minute leading up to it. Okay, it's so satisfying. But really, besides the 80s-ness of it all, what doesn't hold up? Like, honestly. Like, I, I think it's, it's literally just it's literally just the the date. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to raise mine. I'll up raise a it point. to a nine. I, like I can understand it not being a perfect mm-hmm. ten because the '80s hair and like the fact that it flip flops back in between between '60s music and, and '80s, 80s music. music indiscriminately. <laughs> I get it. I get it's not perfect as like a, a time capsule, but like story still extremely relevant. Cla- and the done. classism is very clearly being critiqued yeah. and shown as like a bad thing. I guess like, yeah. I mean, if you really have to think about it to nitpick that much, yeah, I'll give know. it a not. I'll, I'll I'll raise my score. And in terms of followability, Gray, what was it? Was it the like? Why didn't the? Reason? I had a ten. Oh, I, who did I had you? a nine. What was Gray? What, what were your? What was your seven? My seven was Does It Hold Up, which is now an eight. Great. Is there... And then the only... I have... The only thing that's low is the nostalgia factor at a five, just because... like, yeah, And that's, that's already as generous as I can. Like, I wish I had seen this movie before, <laughs> so I could make that yeah. a higher number. Yeah. But, like, we got to be fair to the process. What was your romance? Like, I can't... Ten... Or nine, sorry. Okay, then maybe we should... The only... <laughs> The only fault of the romance that would bring it from a 10 to a 9 is the the part where the montages do kind of take up some of the yeah. relationship building where it was like, yeah, this is, it's pretty quick and, you know, flingy. It literally happens know. like it's, over it's as, a week. But like, it's yeah, pretty yeah, believable. Yeah, that's the only thing I could, that's the only thing I but could, like I could mark it down for. like, it's a summer romance and like... And honestly, yeah. I also, I couldn't remember what, like, the age situation she was. But she's, like, just graduated high school. high school, so she's, like, 18. Yeah. And he seems, like, maybe... And he's a, supposed to be 25. Is he? Yeah, he's supposed to be 25. Did they say that? Uh, it, They said that in the trivia oh, about, okay. like, he was, he, like, Shwayze was 34, and so they said he was, or 34, 35, and he was 10 years older than the role he was playing. Okay. And then Jennifer Grey was like 26, but was supposed to be playing, was supposed to be playing an 18 year old. So like, they were like, you know, they both had the to, I think during like their- The age gap is the same. They're just older than the actual ages of the role. So like the age gap isn't that yeah. bad, I guess. No, 18 to 25 is like fine. Like, Especially in the not 60s is not yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. She's like, and this is like the summer she like basically becomes an adult. Like this is like, this like really, she does a lot of growing up. Yeah. in the story yeah and like and it's like once she is kind of crossed the line from like teen to grown-up is like when they like consummate their relationship too so i don't think it's problematic and like honestly they are tackling some i mean they you're right gray they don't have a lot of scenes where they just get to talk to each other but i have to say like the subjects that they talk about are very like adult relatable of being like I am just opening up my eyes to my privileged world. And he is like, I 
didn't know what was possible for me. He had such a narrow view of how his life could be, and she believed him, like made him yeah. believe that yeah. other things were possible. They both grew in the relationship, which I think is the best result of a relationship, even if they don't end up together. Yeah. So okay, let's. I guess let's just go through our final scores. Yes. So. I'll just run through yes. mine real quick. I'm going to keep, obviously, nostalgia and sit through are already out of 10. Romance, I'm going to keep it at an 8 just because it's the beginning of a romance. And I feel like, even though, like, their love is so satisfying, it they just. They're forever changed as people. Then they're forever. Like, I'm still keeping it at, I don't know. It just feels, 8 feels more right to me. I don't know why. It just is what I feel. But I bumped up, hold up to a 9, and I'm going to keep, can we follow at a 9, too? Just, I don't know. If you'll, I, you have to give me a reason. Okay, for that fine. One, I'll bump it up to a ten. Just your hatred of giving me which good part? Scores. Can we follow? God damn! Look, you're gonna yeah, get I, a good I did. <laughs> I did. Kept nostalgia at a five. Sit through at a ten. Romance at a nine. I bumped. Does it hold up from a seven to an eight? And I'm keeping. Can I follow at a ten? Um, Jesus fuck. That man. means that Any bonus oh points? shit i just had voice text on well hold on we're not there yet um but i do have a bonus point but let me let me tally it up also that song so good and it's the same guy from the righteous brothers who sings you lost that love and feeling like it's an 80s song and they pulled in a early 60s singer to yeah. do it like it's that's perfect. great all right so i'm going to give a bonus point for Patrick Swayze's dancing ability. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I would have done that too. Um, Did you know he actually had to reel back his actual dancing ability? Like he had to tone it down because he's like, because clearly, you know, Johnny, he's an instructor, but he's not a professional. Yeah. So like he's not, he, he can't be too talent. good. Yeah. So like he had to like tone back his actual dancing abilities, which I thought was fantastic i think holland i mean that's what i would have given to i think what about um, our girl lisa she's so hilarious i don't know i feel like all of my like love has already been poured into the scores you know and i and i i'm the bonus score i was thinking of was just like patrick swayze as well so i i'm just gonna co-sign gray's bonus point so just one bonus point. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just I feel like I've with said that, else, you know. So with that, Whatever the you total to yourself to not give me any more points, even though I deserve it. Allegra, fucking <laughs> shut up. I lost last year. Um, <laughs> Let me have. Okay. This. Yeah. Well, with this score, with the one bonus point, you are at a ninety which is second only to Holes, which is your fucking movie, okay? So you have a 91 and a 90 this season, so I don't want to hear shit from you, okay? Uh, well deserved. Um, well deserved. I want to give some, some quick trivia because I really do have to head out of okay. here. Um, released August 21st, 1987. Um, budget, $4.5 million. Box office... Two hundred and fourteen point six million. This was a sensation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so, so glad that this was not a time where people were just pumping out sequels for the sake of it. Well, Swayze wasn't a fan of sequels, so he they wrote a script and he didn't agree to it. Um, Honestly, good call. until two thousand and four. But anyways, shit. so 
Swayze had to convince Jennifer Grey to be in this film because she disliked him so much while filming Red Dawn. Oh, Relations no. between the two varied throughout production. They had already trouble getting along in the previous project and worked things out enough to have an extremely positive screen test. Still, that initial cooperation soon faded and they were quickly facing off before every scene. There was concern among the production staff that the animosity between the two stars would endanger the filming of the love scenes. But to address this, Eleanor Bergstein and Emil Ordolino, which are, I think, the, the screenwriter and the director, forced the stars to re-watch their initial screen tests, the ones with the, quote, breathtaking chemistry. And this had the desired effect, and Swayze and Gray were able to return to the film with renewed energy and enthusiasm. Yeah, wow. I, I knew they didn't like You would have... I would have never have known that. Did not know that. Just seeing the movie. I knew they didn't like each um, other. <laughs> Swayze insisted on doing his own stunts. During the log scene, he kept on falling off the log and injured his knee so badly he had to have fluid drained from the swelling. Oh my God. Swayze. Um, Jennifer Grey was about to embark on a publicity tour to promote this movie when she and her then boyfriend, this is the reason I'm putting it in because I did not know this, Oh, Matthew yeah, Broderick oh, yeah. were involved in a head-on collision in their rental car in Ireland in which a mother and daughter died in August 1987. Oh, that fucked That's up Broderick Matthew forever. He's kind of never been like quite the same. same. I yeah. definitely knew that. Yeah. In, a two, in a 2006 interview with The Guardian, Eleanor Bergstein talked about the movie's popularity with people in the former Eastern Bloc. Quote, In Russia, it's a policy in the battered women's shelters when a woman comes in for help... First, they wash and dress her wounds. Then they give her soup. Then they sit her down and show her dirty dancing. <laughs> when the Berlin Wall came down, there were all these pictures of kids wearing dirty dancing t-shirts. They said, we want to have what they have in the West. We want dirty dancing. Oh my God, that like warms my heart. <laughs> so some quick 87... <laughs> some, uh, some quick 1987 trivia... Um, the top song was Faith by George Michael. The movies to watch included The Princess Bride, Good Morning Vietnam, Moonstruck, Dirty Dancing, Wall Street, and Lethal Weapon. Notable books include Misery by Stephen King and Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Um, Beastie Boys' License to Ill album made history in 1987 as the first rap, rap album to hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. And it spent seven straight weeks at number one. And lastly, Motley Crue's bassist Nikki Six suffered a heroin overdose that left him legally dead for two minutes. One of his paramedics, who was a Motley Crue fan, revived him with two shots of adrenaline. This is what motivated the song Kickstart My Heart. Wow. <laughs> um, I'll also say, you know that there's like uh, that series on Netflix called like The Movies That Made Us? There's an episode on Dirty Dancing that's really good, so I would recommend watching that if you just I can't get enough of Dirty Dancing. I will really check it out. Because it's really good. That's how I, I think that's All how right, I guys. knew about how they didn't like each other, because they talk about it a lot. <laughs> Let's draw my movie. Okay. Gray, what do you want it to be? Probably Moonstruck I don't if you remember want excellent what all the movies scores. Were. Okay. Okay, Allegra. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the notebook. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Heavy hair. I'm down. God, I got the only like fucking dud. 
But it's not a oh, Holland man, movie. That's awesome. It's not a Holland movie. It's an Allegra movie. All right. All right. Oh, also, well, that. I did want to address a tweet that we got. We did get a tweet suggesting it putting the rest of these movies into like the master list pot if we like really wanted to watch them. But I think we've decided we're not going to do that because we like the idea of the inevitability of the master movie like hat of having to watch every yeah. single one of them yeah so we'll as just... much as i don't want to watch big rock candy mountain <laughs> yeah it needs to happen for the sake of entertainment yeah so i think well i think i'm down to do another just latchkey to my heart month next year so we can just yeah i mean this can these. easily be a reoccurring uh-huh. yeah this can easily be a reoccurring mm-hmm. month so just wait till next year yeah look out for more in the future so but that should just about do it for us. Um, I if I don't know when this is coming out, but it's possible that an episode of a different podcast that I am a guest on is out by now. It's called My Pop Five. Um, I was a guest, and you should check it out. So head over there. I talk about five things in pop culture that is that are important to me. So I always hate when people recommend a podcast and they never say the podcast after their spiel. It's just a personal pet peeve. So it's the pop five. My pop five. My pop five. I even got it wrong. Check it out. A former uh, listener of Whatever It Takes, Ryan, is the host. And yeah, it was a good time. So otherwise, follow us on social media at LatchkeySibs, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can email us at LatchkeySibs at gmail.com. And next week, we're watching The Notebook. Bye. Bye.